A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Hero can be anyone, even a man doing something as simple and reassuring as putting a coat around a young boy's shoulders to let him know the world hadn't ended. Hey, Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day. On the gig then. Remember, you wanted this. Welcome to Screen Perspectives, a podcast produced by the Pittsburgh Film Office to share how people build successful careers in the screen industry, be it film, TV, streaming, etc. Screen Perspectives was born out of many conversations with industry professionals, sometimes over dinner, sometimes over drinks, and a lot of times driving around looking at the wonderful diversity of locations in southwestern Pennsylvania. Thousands of people make their living in the screen industry, which nationally tops $28 billion a year. Locally, the screen industry is responsible for over $150 million in new money to southwestern Pennsylvania's economy. There is really no direct pathway to success in this industry. It's a lot of hard work, networking, and you have to sprinkle in a little bit of luck to be successful. The Pittsburgh Film Office is excited to share these amazing individual stories with you so you can learn how they did it and determine your best path forward. Screen Perspectives is hosted by me, Don Kieser, director of the Pittsburgh Film Office, and the incredible Kevin Smith, screenwriter extraordinaire, screenwriting instructor, and driving force of the broadcast program at the University of Pittsburgh. Produced by Max Glider, Isaiah Stewart, and Jennifer Booker, our first guest for our first podcast is the immensely talented Russ Steiner, producer, actor, writer, and friend to the Pittsburgh Film Office and the Pittsburgh film industry. It's fitting that Russ is the first guest for Screen Perspectives, as he is arguably the one who started it all here in the region. Russ is most well-known for creating Night of the Living Dead back in 1968, along with his friend George Romero and John Russo. This was in 1968 and is arguably the movie that started the commercial film business that we know and enjoy today in the Pittsburgh region. Russ is also the founder of the Pittsburgh Film Office, currently serves as the chairman of our Board of Trustees, and we're thrilled he's here to share his story with us and you today. We're thrilled you're here. Thank you for joining us. How'd you start the Pittsburgh Film Office? Uh, well, that's that's a good question. Um, uh, I don't have a good answer for it, but I can tell you this, that <clears throat> because my family was so blue collar, uh, my grandfather and my father uh, were both school custodians. And understand, uh, this is, uh, I was born in 1940. That's Second World War uh, era. Uh, my father was a, a, in the army in the Second World War. And when he came out, uh, my grandfather was able to get him uh, a job with the Pittsburgh public school system as a custodian. My blue-collar family had no, uh, when I said I wanted to be an actor, it was like hitting my parents with a baseball bat. It, this, 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 this came from so far out of left field, but I'll tell you how naive I was. Back in those days where the, there were many, many um, uh, local neighborhood theaters scattered everywhere. Um, 
and on the north side of Pittsburgh, where I grew up, I, I grew up on Spring Hill, uh, there was a small, uh, down along East Ohio Street, uh, there was a small movie theater. And on the side of it, there was a, a tin door that said stage entrance, stage entrance. And when I was six, seven, eight, my cousin Roger and I would go to Saturday afternoon mat uh, matinees and I stage entrance. Aha. Now I go in, we watch the movies. I would stand outside at that stage door waiting for the actors to come out in the film. That's how naive I was. <laughs> it wow, took me a, it, it took me a long time to put it together. Uh, oh you idiot. <laughs> there on film on the screen. That's spectacular. Uh, but uh, I knew I, I wanted to be an actor. I came home one Sunday evening to our house in Westview. I moved to Westview when, when I was 15. And my mother and father and uh, the minister from our church, Reverend Spare, a fire and brimstone old German Lutheran minister, are sitting in the living room waiting for me. And my mother, I come in and my mother says, oh, Russell, we got some great news for you. What's that? I didn't know a word of this, not a syllable of this. Well, Reverend Spare is here, and the church is willing to pay a full tuition scholarship for you to go to Capital University to become a Lutheran minister. <laughs> <laughs> where, where did this come from? I, you know. I, I didn't make any secret from my family. I wanted to be an actor, you know, uh, a Lutheran minister. <laughs> well, maybe, I, I don't know, maybe they're closer to acting. Than, I about, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe you can portray one in a, you and, know, there you and, go. Yeah. And my mother's argument was, well, Russell, you'll never have to worry about a job. Yeah, but. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yeah. It's, that is, uh, that's what a fun story about, you know, how the journey that you've been on and, and it's, you ended up being an actor in the most famous horror film in the history <laughs> of movies. <laughs> Isn't that the greatest? What a journey. What a journey. Uh, I, I have, have to tell you, that's incredible. I have to say that um, uh, uh, I miss George Romero very much. Uh, we, shared everything together. When we first started our business, it was always a notion of mine that, and George's, I have to say, that uh, you could make pits, you, you could make movies here in Pittsburgh. Uh, there were more than enough naysayers. It, it just, it had an industrial, Pittsburgh had an industrial ref, uh, reputation uh, it had an educational reputation. Uh, it had steel making and glass making reputation, but films and filmed entertainment just never showed up anywhere on any of those charts. One of the things that actually triggered my notion about uh, it, it, back when Gulf Oil used to have their headquarters here in Pittsburgh. 
the advertising who, uh, agency for Gulf Oil came to George and me one day and said, um, we've made a mistake in one of our commercials. We have put a Volkswagen in our commercial at a Gulf Oil gas pump. And we're getting all kinds of flack from it. Uh, why would we use a Volkswagen? And we don't know how that that happened, but a series of mistakes. We want to we we want to take the Volkswagen out, and we want to have an American-made car replace the Volkswagen. How much is it going to cost us for you guys here in Pittsburgh to shoot? an insert shot, put the American vehicle in, take the Volkswagen out. We said, well, uh, do you have any other estimates? And they, well, yeah, we got an estimate from New York. We got an estimate for California, and they want thousands of dollars. I said, well, um, we can do it, but we'll do it for thousands of dollars. We'll, we'll do it. For, we'll make the, the trade for you. And they said, well, why is that? It can't be as that. They said, well, the film stock is the same film stock they use in New York and, and California. The sun and the adjustment of how the sun looks on the vehicle, all of that stuff is the same. So uh, we'll do it for the same price that you were quoted elsewhere. And they weren't happy with that. They went off and got somebody else to do it for us. But And that little notion stuck in my head for the longest time that we do have. Pittsburgh has all of the same basics that any place else has. What we didn't have is an organized crew base, which now we have an organized crew base to the to a fairly well. Uh, I was saying to Dawn that a, a producer that she just recently introduced me to uh, completed a TV series here, and this guy told me that the Pittsburgh crew are the best crews he has worked with anywhere, and this guy has been all over the world. Uh, so that tells you something about what uh, putting down a stake and putting down some roots and saying, okay, films can be made here. Now, that was in... Uh, I. I started to really bang the drum. It was in uh, 1988 about how how can we get organized locally to uh, uh, streamline the system for movies wanting to come here and because of what we have to offer. Um, back in those days, it was a lot of uh, basically low-budget made uh, movies of the week, they were called at the time. And movies of the week felt, okay, we can come under the radar in Pittsburgh. Uh, there are no union crews. Uh, uh, we can sneak in, make a movie, and get out of town before anybody knows the difference. Well, that worked for a couple of years, uh, but uh, when Dawn came here in 1994, uh, the local uh, IATSE, uh, local 489,
the Teamsters were already here, uh, but local 489 studio mechanics uh, got a, a charter from the international. Uh, and that was one of the key turning points when the international recognized there's enough of these uh, movies of the week going on. Uh, we better charter a, a, a local there. And since that time, I think originally, if memory serves me correctly, there were 39 members in, in the original charter. Local 489 now has over 500 members. 800. 800. Oh, my. <laughs> Don't give Eight. the man a heart attack. Stop that. <laughs> so there you go. From 39 to over 800, all making their full-time livings yes. off of making movies. That's, yes. That is astounding to me. Constantly seeing the growth of the industry, the Rankin Studio which is ridiculously amazing. Like, who'd have thought that would happen? Like right. type thing. And for me, as a filmmaker, I, I sit here and I go, my gosh, I'm actually in a place with people that change the course of a city and, and change the lives of the people in it. And, and again, like you said, it's not even just the people who are working directly in the film industry. When there's, when there's, a production going on, the restaurants, the hotels, the how it truly affects the economy of southwestern Pennsylvania is astonishing. Absolutely. And I was fortunate enough to be uh, the head of the search committee that found Dawn. Uh, there were 152 applicants from all over the country. Um, and the top six candidates we brought into town for in-face interviews. And the interviews were conducted by myself, uh, David Haddad, representing the industry, uh, the hotel association, uh, local government, uh, the hotel industry, uh, everybody that would be affected by more movies being made here had a voice in hiring uh, the, the new director in 1994. And uh, Dawn was one of the candidates, one of the, the uh, six finalists from these 152. She happened to be from California. The, it was a Saturday afternoon at a, at a hotel. After all six interviews were uh, conducted, uh, we, the, Dawn was the unanimous favorite of the entire committee, U unanimous favorite. And I was uh, thinking to myself, well, uh, we're going back to the film office. If we can't strike a deal with Dawn, uh, who, who should be our second choice? And David Haddad, a name that you're probably familiar with, said, if we can't get her, I say we start all over again. Yeah, easy enough for you to say, David, but I'm the one that's weeding through the, <laughs> the resumes. He said, I'm serious. He said, if we can't get her, and we had, we actually had two of the finalists were entertainment attorneys, entertainment attorneys, and uh, Dawn was, was the first choice. And if so, da David, if we can't get her, we start over uh, all over again. I think that's... It's amazing. Now, obviously, you know, the new studio is going to go in. Where do you see the film office uh, 
as far as what exists now, where do you see everything going down the road? Because it's growing at warp speed and getting, uh, obviously, the national reputations here when you have Denzel showing up multiple times. Tom Hanks comes back every other day, I think, to do a right. film here. Uh, I mean, every A-lister in Hollywood yeah. comes here and looks forward to it. So wh what do you see? where do you see this going to? Well, as long as the marketplace and Harrisburg keeps their wits about them, um, I see the the curve continuing to go up. Uh, the The need for filmed entertainment is certainly not going away. If anything, with streaming and uh, all the other uh, outlets now, it, it it continues to grow. One of the key key reasons again is the quality of the crew base. Uh, when, when a producer comes into a town, into any situation, uh, the producer and the director count on the, the, the local support, whether it's in Los Angeles, Paris, London, wherever, you count on the local film workers in that marketplace to make you look good. I don't know of one director or one producer who wants to go uh, where the where the crew uh, quality of the crew base is secondary. Not one. You always, it's true of, throughout business, you always want to work with people who are going to make you look better or look your best. And Pittsburgh is no different in that regard. Uh, so uh, as as long as we can keep our wits about us, uh, uh, I I think uh, we could talk to some people at the airport to uh, since Pittsburgh lost its base, uh, its uh, airport uh, hub status, it's a little harder to get into and out of Pittsburgh. It would be great if some strides could be made to fix that. Uh, and I think a lot of work still needs to be done in terms of making the local community recognize how important, for the reasons that you've mentioned, this, this film work is. When, when you take a look at uh, $2.5 billion having been circulated into the local economy, that's pretty impressive. It's amazing. I, I mean, it really is. Mm -hmm. And uh, the community needs to understand that there are now, I've just learned today, 800 of their neighbors are making full-time livings making movies in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. It's very, very different than the the mockery of the days of Hollywood on the Mon. Oh, oh, you guys are crazy. Why are you even trying to do this? Well, it we got lucky and it paid off. And but it's it's because the the people who are now working in the business from Don Keyser on down are dedicated to making it work. I, I I don't know how else to say it. That's extraordinarily well said. And you know what? I love the fact that you ended up getting the last laugh on those folks about the Hollywood on the mom. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you know that much right now. Uh, you know, just ask them the next time they see Batman running through the stadiums, blowing up the place, you know. So, you got it. What's your favorite film that's been shot in Pittsburgh? 
other than Night of the uh, Living Dead? Well, yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, I, I would probably have to say just because it, to this day it scares the bejesus out of me would be Silence of the Lambs. Um, and, uh, and also uh, Jonathan Demme and uh, George Romero became friends. And George has a small cameo in uh, Silence of the Lambs. No. Yes, well, he's, in, he's in the, when they have the and cell, soldiers, right? When soldiers he, soldiers and, and sailors, when yeah. Anthony Hopkins is in the cell. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Yep. Go back and watch it. Yep. You can fast forward through the, you know, put the lotion on, do the whole thing. That can all just go. <laughs> <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's gross. Well, talk about scary films. I mean, <laughs> that, man, oh, man. Brilliant. It's a, it's a work of art. Absolutely it is. Is there any actor or director that you would love to have come to Pittsburgh to do a film? Is there anyone that you have, boy, that'd be, if they could just come here and do something? All of them. Ah, that was the best answer. <laughs> That's spectacular. Russ, I, I cannot thank you enough for joining us. The, the fact that we have um, the the father of film in the city of Pittsburgh with us and the most uh, iconic film ever uh, made and started the industry here in Pittsburgh has been not only a treat, but uh, something that I know anybody that's that listens to our podcast has a chance to sit there and always remember uh, the incredible stories that not only Russ told, but the journey that the city of Pittsburgh took in the film industry. My pleasure. Thank you very much. It's a, it's an honor and a pleasure to see you guys and to help kick off this uh, series of podcasts. You've been listening to episode three of Screen Perspectives. Screen Perspectives is hosted by Don Kieser and Kevin Smith. Produced and engineered by Max Glider, Isaiah Stewart, and Jennifer Booker. Music by Isaiah Stewart. Special thanks to today's guest, Rush Streiner, the Pittsburgh Film Office, and to the University of Pittsburgh. Screen Perspectives is a production of the Pittsburgh Film Office.